This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil... My daughters are heroin users. Three beautiful sisters. This is how I make my money. You trade sex for money to buy drugs. Shooting heroin. You three are high right now, right? Mm -hmm. Under their parents' roof. We get high together. We shoot off six, seven times a day. This is your home, Dad. I want to burn our freaking house down. It's evil. It's not the house, it's us. They call you wanting money. Yes. Are you telling me you don't know you're giving them money for drugs? I'm an enabler. What can I tell you? And so you look at her and say, if it wasn't for her, then I would kick them out. Yes. Then grow a pair and be a man. Let's do it. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. This is a safe place to talk about hard things. Stand by, Dr. Phil. I'll try to be an emotional compass and point you in the right direction. In five, four. I am not giving up on you. Go, Dr. Phil. I want all of you to take a look at these three beautiful sisters. Every parent's dream, right? Well, I want you to listen to how their mom feels about them now. I cannot look at my daughters because I hate them. They're disgusting. I'm embarrassed by them. I'm ashamed. I'm sick of my children. So why would a mother say that? Why would she feel that way? From the outside, they appear to look like the perfect children. Valine, the oldest, was the girly girl, the most popular girl in school headed straight to college. Well, now mom's eldest is an IV heroin addict, and she's done unthinkable and disgusting things in order to stay high. Amanda, the middle sister, was homecoming queen and on her way to becoming a dental hygienist. What changed? She too is an IV heroin addict who admits to buying and scoring drugs from homeless people. Finally, Tiffany, the baby who her parents describe as the athlete, an all-star pitcher and basketball player. Now, you guessed it, also an IV heroin addict. In fact, she was just released from jail 12 days ago after spending nearly three months locked up for her fourth drug-related arrest. And if this isn't shocking enough, these sisters have raised the stakes because they are all shooting up together. Now, before you go thinking that could never happen to my family or someone like me, think again. Not only can it happen, it is happening to people just like you all over the country. Rich, poor, urban, suburban, no one is immune and it's getting harder and harder to protect children from the dangers of drugs. Linda and her husband Rich know this all too well and they say they have had enough. Take a look. Okay, swear on my mother's grave that you did not use. 
I want you because you used. My daughters are heroin users and very addicted. They're junkies. They sit there, you know, like a bunch of idiots. They're in stupid land. Both eyes are... In public, they look disgusting. Not talking right. And this is the we have to deal with. Oh, what? You putting, you putting us down so bad that we feel oh, like scum. Two weeks ago, my husband found 90 empty bags of heroin. I can go through their trash cans and I'll find hypodermic needles. I try to use a new needle like every time I do. Spoons and cotton swabs. I look at them in disgust. And everything would be better if you just stopped. A couple times in the heat, I said, well, go ahead, you kill yourself. I think we're almost at the end of the uh, rope here. They're killing themselves and they're killing me and my husband. Those are our children. Okay, I'm a parent, just like you guys. Mm -hmm. Did you ever envision that this could happen to you? Because everybody in America is saying, oh, yeah, not, not me. They were smart. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful, popular, sports, did all the right things, and somehow it got to the point that I couldn't, I could not fix it. My oldest daughter, Valene, Center of rehab. She comes out, has all these aspirations. I'm going back to school. I feel so great. I'm never going to do this again. I'm like, wow. Wrote a check, got her some help. It's fixed. She's done. And then they uh, eventually go right back into where they were before. You, you said some things that were shocking for parents to hear. You yeah. said, I am disgusted. I, am. I hate them. I, do. I don't want them in my life. They're horrible people. Yes. I did some rough math and Cumulatively, I figure they've shot up about 36,500, 36,500 times. And you say you've seen it one time. How about you? Have you seen it? I have never seen it. You need to know the reality here. So before we meet their daughters, I felt Linda and Rich needed to see exactly how deep and dark their daughter's addictions have become. All three sisters allowed us a real and gritty look into their dangerous lifestyles. And I want to make it very clear here. We did not ask these young girls to do drugs, so we had something to put on the show. We didn't ask them to buy drugs. We took a very documentary approach to this. We just said, you know what? Will you let us follow you through the day? So we kept our cameras rolling as they went about their typical daily lives. Take a look. I'm Valine. I'm the oldest. Heroin is what I do. I think like the needle itself is its own addiction. I have no desire to do it unless I can do it with the needle. My name is Amanda. I'm the middle child. Heroin is my drug of choice. At first I was sniffing it, then it turned into shooting it, and then now I need it. My name's Tiffany. I'm the baby. I've done all kinds of drugs, but my main drug is heroin. I just got out of jail and I used the next day. I injected it in my leg because all my other veins have collapsed. It's like 9 in the morning. We just woke up. I'm ready to go dive up to Camden like I do every single morning and cop drugs. The first thought is heroin. I had already texted the guy that I was going to meet. Tiffany decided that, you know, I had to buy her something like always, so I need to retext him and tell him that I need more because that's my responsibility. It's just a vicious cycle of misery. 
I need 18 because I have, you know, 140 bucks and then don't tell them I'm on my way right now. Ugly. Gosh. I, I'm devastated. I, I didn't know it was that bad. I'm devastated. The sisters are here. Uh, they told my producer that they used this morning, and we're going to meet these three girls, high or not, right after the break. Once we all found out that each other were using, it was like, what the hell, we might as well all just get high together. Valene's definitely the ringleader. Pretty much whatever Valene says goes. Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil, did their son's girlfriend kill him? You believe she knew he had overdosed and didn't tell you? Yes. Now, did you kill Chris? No. Father. Did you wait 45 minutes to get us to make sure that he was dead? Stepmom. You are lying. Tell the truth. And girlfriend. You're psychotic. Face off. You take fentanyl, and he died of an overdose of that drug. How did he get the fentanyl? Tomorrow. Then on Thursday, she's a sugar baby. A lot of these guys are married, right? I don't ask. But her fiance doesn't know. You owe him the truth. What do you want to tell him? All new Dr. Phil, Thursday. When we wake up in the morning, the first thing on our minds is to get high. It's like I'm married to it. It's like my husband. As soon as it like goes through my veins, I just feel 100 times better. As soon as I shoot up, it just hits you and you let it. You soak in throughout your body and going through your head, and then you open your eyes and you're like, whoa, it's really been smacking me in the face. Once we all found out that each other were using, it was like, what the hell, we might as well all just get high together. We shoot up every single day, five, six, seven times a day. Shooting up together is a way that we bond and come closer. We've been doing this together every day, religiously, for the last two years. 
second nature. Like, oh my God, this is crazy, you know, like, these are my sisters and I'm using with them. It's messed up, but it comes naturally. All we have is each other. We have no friends. It's just me, Amanda, and Tiffany. Every day, that's it. I get jealous of Aileen because she gets higher than me. I'm jealous of her that I want that feeling and I want to look like her. Valene's definitely the ringleader. Pretty much whatever Valene says goes because she's the one who comes up with all the money. Money is the biggest part of my life. Without money, I can't support my addiction. I've stolen all of my mom's jewelry and a lot of money from my mom and my dad. Me and my sisters have robbed my parents blind. We stole all my grandmom's jewelry. I do care that I've stolen from friends and family, but it was never a thought in my mind not to do it to support my habit. I'm really happy that this interview's over. I'll literally walk from here and go and get high right away. You three are high right now, right? Yeah. How much did you did you shoot up, Valley? Three bags. And how about you? Mm-hmm. Three bags this morning. I only did half a bag. Where'd you get the drugs, by the way? Jersey. You brought it with us. You brought them with you. How did you transport them? Luggage. And you're jealous of her sometimes because she gets more. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not that, like, I don't know, it's just, I guess it's sick to say, but it's just jealous of, like, the high that she gets. Because, I, I mean, I, we use pretty much to feel normal now. It's not like we're really getting high. We use not to be sick. And why does she get more? She usually has the money. I mean, she usually is the one that comes out with money for mm -hmm. us. So that's why she usually... Because y'all described her as the ringleader, the mastermind, that kind of keeps all of this under control and going and dispenses everything. Right? Yeah. She's the one that calls the person and, you know, says, like, you know, when we'll be there and... Is that true? You're the ringleader? Yeah, but they also come up with money, too. I just come up with more money. And I feel bad, and it's not so stupid, but I don't leave my sister sick. It's just... Yeah. When they're physically sick, throwing up, and, you know, not able to get out of bed, it's like I know how that feels and I can't leave them like that, but I know it's the wrong thing to do and I'm just, I'm gonna kill one of them. Oh yeah, but sadly it gets worse because what these sisters have resorted to in order to pay for their addiction uh. is about as ugly as mom and dad would imagine. Take a look. I came up with the idea to go onto the website and meet guys for money. I just came home and I was like, I introduced Amanda to the website, so then she did it a few times. I slept with two out of the three people, and one of the guys was like 60 years old. It's not something I want to do, and I stopped doing it. I told her that I felt the same way about it. I can't stand it. I hate these guys, but I'm making the money to support our habit. I used protection with every single guy, but I did find out that I had an STD that I didn't take care of, so it turned into pelvic inflammatory disease. Since I would just sit at home all day and they were supporting my habit, Valine would always yell at me. Tiffany would get mad that I had more than her. 
I'm out there selling my ass for drugs and she really has the right to be mad at me. If I ever wanted an extra bag, she would say no because she's the one that's having sex with these guys to make the money. She gets the extra bag every time. Now I am going to go meet the 65-year-old man. I'm kind of close. I don't really want you guys smiling me because this is how I make my money. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave. It's disgusting. <laughs> I cannot believe that they lowered themselves to these standards. Well, I like... bought them up better than that. They were kids. <laughs> I told them, you do not let anybody treat you guys like a piece of and then you guys go do this stuff. And you, but don't you tell them every day that they're worthless pieces of shit? Pretty much, yeah. If they and then so they go out and behave like they're worthless pieces of shit. And you, so you go, oh, oh how, how could you do that? You tell them they're whores, they're worthless, they're, they're sluts, and they do it, and you say, well, I, I, I'm shocked. To embarrass me, to hurt me, we hate our house. We, I want to burn our freaking house down because I hate it. It's evil. Our house is freaking evil. It's not the house, it's us. It's you in the house. Well, I never thought well, that I would be this kind of person. I was a normal person how are we going growing to up. How the hell are we going to separate I'm normal, you guys? But how then I don't know what guys? to do. This is where it's brought me to. Everything I said, I never do. I do. I never thought that I would do that. I hate these guys. I'm not ugly. I'm not stupid. And this is what I resort to. <laughs> and then you got your sister doing it. Yeah. I didn't get try to feet. make you do it. No, not do make it. me do it, just, you know, like, they you do it. You just get mad that we, you know, weren't doing it, like, you know, like, you. Yeah, so. like, I would. Yeah, because well, I was supporting everybody's habit, and it was just like everybody would sit on their ass, and, you know, like, I could have easily supported my habit and probably not had to do this. But for me to come up with money for everybody, that's what I had to do. And everybody expected something from me. Well, Linda says she doesn't have any idea where she went wrong raising her children, but I may have an idea. We'll talk about that after the break. I hate my grandpa. I hate what he did. You say he molested you in the bed with your grandmother. My grandmother doesn't want to admit that she knew. What do you want? You want, I'm sorry? I I'm want... sorry for what? I didn't see anything, but I'll be damned if I can stand out here and listen to your lies. Plus. My mom, she's an evil person. They say they are not allowed to visit their dying father. That is not true. If he wanted to see you, he'd call you. You are so hostile. Is mom keeping them from their dying dad? Do you want a relationship with your children? Of course. Are you okay with me calling them? Stop asking for permission to talk to them. All the drama. Tell him what you want him to know. I just want you to be in my life. All happens this November on Dr. Phil. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. 
Endless news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I witnessed firsthand two of my friends OD in front of me. Tiffany had a friend. They ended up going to Camden one night together. The next morning, they found him dead. His parents blamed me. So that's a hard, a hard pill to swallow. When I hear about people overdosing, I think to myself that I want to go to that dealer because I know they have good stuff. And I want that stuff that people just died from. I want that good high. Valene and her younger sisters, Amanda and Tiffany, are all IV heroin addicts. They use together. They risk their lives every day by traveling to the city that the FBI has ranked as the number one most dangerous city in America. And they do it just to score drugs. It's uh, 6.30 p.m. right now, and we're getting ready to go cop. We're going to Camden. It's not one of the greatest areas. When you drive through it, it's like bombs should be going off. We have to go out there to get our drugs because we'd rather, you know, get good drugs out there than get drugs around here. All right. So we're in Camden. We're just, you know, waiting for my dealer to get here. It could yeah. be five minutes. I've waited a half hour. We have to do it. We need it. It's not like we want to, but we have to do it. I know it's dangerous, but when I'm sick, I don't even think twice about not using. I've had a gun pulled on me before out there. There was like one time the guy just like grabbed my ponytail and like pulled me to the ground. We're waiting right now. We see him walking up. These are your daughters. They're out crawling around the streets in Camden, buying drugs, prostituting to get them. That's, oh, that's right. the reality. And, and you say, oh, somebody died from that guy's drugs. T take a look. This is what you said. When I hear about people overdosing, I think to myself that I want to go to that dealer because I know they have good stuff. I want that stuff that people just died from. I want that good high. What does that sound as you hear yourself say that? It sounds crazy, but it's just, and it's at the time, you don't think about it. Where somebody overdoses, that's where everybody goes, where it gets around. And it's sick thinking, but it's, you know, and I, I, I'll never have enough. I will never get enough drugs to be high enough. The sisters say, you know what? these apples just may not have fallen very far from the tree because they claim their mother did drugs in front of them when they were growing up. She modeled it, they learned it, and they blame her for it. Take a look. My mom was addicted to cocaine when I was little. My daughters caught me once or twice and I played it off. After I faced my addiction, I did talk to them about it, but it didn't help. My parents 
would fight a lot when I was younger, and my mom would sleep on the couch. I didn't realize until I was older it was because of her drug use. They probably caught me once or twice. My 19th birthday, I had gone on a coke bench with one of my friends, and I came home around like six in the morning, and my mom was up. I actually gave my mom coke so she wouldn't tell my dad. Your daughter bribed you with cocaine to not tell her dad she had been on an all-night coke bench. How does that sound to you? It's terrible. And you've used in front of your daughter? Unfortunately, I have. And you've been high with your daughter? Unfortunately, I am. And you've lost custody of your daughter? Yes, I have. And do you all drive high? It's stupid. I know, like, you know. It's not only stupid, you don't somebody. have the right to do that. I'm out there on the street. These people are out there on the street. I have grandchildren on the street. And you self-indulgent, get what you want when you want it, don't have the right to operate on my streets in a car while you're high. You don't do that. You say you want to quit being high. Let me tell you, you've, you've, you've just talked to the wrong old country boy here if this is all a bunch of crap. You trade sex for money to buy drugs for yourself and your sisters. I hate my life. I don't want to live like this. Do you want this to of stop? Of course, I hate this. Do you want it to stop? Yes. And you say that until you start going into withdrawal and then you would step over my dead body to get drugs. Isn't that the truth? What would be the plan? To split you all up? We all, we, mm -hmm. I love, I'm afraid to leave them, but we no, need to leave I mean, each that, other. No, that has to be the plan. You guys cannot be Well, hell, together. you don't have a plan. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't have a plan. <laughs> this have a plan. I fucking fell. I wanted to kick them out. And we're going to talk about why Rich and his daughters all say that until Linda changes her behavior, three funerals have got to be looming in the near future. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Closed captioning provided by... used probably about an hour ago. You chose this time? You couldn't have gone through the interview? No, I could have. I just wanted to. As soon as I get it in my head that I'm going to use, that's it, I'm going to. It doesn't matter if I'm going to be on national TV. Like, it, that's, it's sick. That's my addiction. Well, Linda and Rich are living a nightmare uh, because all three of their beautiful daughters are addicted to heroin. They've resorted to selling their bodies and even robbing their own family for cash to buy drugs. Even if these sisters wanted to get clean and sober, and that's a big if, they say their mother is a huge stumbling block on their way to recovery. My mom enables all three of us. I'm an enabler, yes. I don't want my girls out in the streets. I have given them money. Where they do with it, I don't know. But I am assuming it's for the drugs. My mom will know that I'm getting high and she won't say anything as long as I clean the house and do what she asked me to do. We mess with her head. She's giving us money, but we got her thinking it's for cigarettes or it's for gas. And 
we're gonna give it back to her. We manipulate her so bad that I kind of think sometimes she doesn't really realize what she's doing. Yeah, I know. I know what I'm doing. It's because you guys don't know how to stop. You guys don't know when to stop and leave me alone. You guys make me want to put my head through a wall. And you know it. You guys call me 15 times a day just for gas or cigarettes. 20 bucks. I'm at work. Five, six times you guys are calling me, texting me 20 times a day. Yeah, but it's just... No, I don't want to hear it. But it's saying we call you and we're going to ask you for money, and then all of a sudden you give us the money, no, and then you I don't come, want come home to. later, and all of a sudden you act tough in front of Dad. It's just... I don't want to because you guys don't leave me alone. I know. You know your daughters are drug addicts, and yes, you knew that before you got here. So yes. you know they're addicts. Yes, I know they're addicts. They call you wanting money. Yes. You know they have no other priority in their life but drugs. So yes. you are knowingly giving them money for drugs. I no, because they tell me they need a pack of cigarettes and they need gas for her to get to work and stuff like that. Because I know they spent their whole paycheck. They have no money. Eye contact. I know. I'm making, trying to make excuses, but... No, eye contact. Okay. I am. Are you telling me you don't know you're giving them money for drugs? Yeah, I'm telling you. I, I'm pretending, okay? I, am, I know, no. but I can't. No, I need to know because if you don't well, know. Well, I don't give them that much. I give them $18 for a pack of cigarettes and $10 in gas. You can't get that anything with that. You know, it's $10 a bag. I know. I make, I'm an enabler. What can I tell you? I, they're my kids. You are an intelligent woman. You hold a job. You do important work. You, you function in life. And yet you tell me that giving these girls money is not enabling them to do drugs. No, it's enabling them to okay, do so drugs. Okay, so you do get yes, that. But I, I mean, you, yes, you, I get that. But when they don't stop, you don't, they... They cry to you and I know oh, you feel bad. I know. Oh, it's okay, like a so, non-stop. If, but, so, so let's be, I just want to be clear yes. about who's doing what and why. Okay. Okay, you are giving them money, mm -hmm. and you say because they won't stop. Yeah. So you're giving them money to make yourself feel better. Not feel better, so they leave me alone. Which makes you feel... Better. You understand? Yeah. That doesn't make me feel better. I just want them to leave well, me so alone. So you would rather them call you? No. So you give them money so, so they, they stop calling you? you. Yes. Okay. Leave me alone. And that's better than when they are calling you? Yeah, that's better than when they are calling me because so they So you're don't giving stop. them money to make yourself feel, feel better. better. No, it doesn't make me feel better. Yes. It just makes them stop. Yes. You don't understand. They don't Jesus, stop. You know, if you call her, you might have to call her twice, three times, five times, ten times, but you know eventually she's going to pay off like a slot machine, right? Yeah. You know that. But I ain't got nothing to play. Okay, so they're playing you like yes. a fiddle here. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So you're part of the problem. Yes. Look at this. This is your home, Dad. They beat me down. Beat because me down. you are weak. Grow a pair and be a man. What are you doing? Tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil, they lost their son. You believe his girlfriend is responsible for his death. Now, did you kill Chris? No. The face-off. You are lying. You're psychotic. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by...
you look at her and say, if it wasn't for her, they'd be on the street. Then I would kick them out and we wouldn't be enabling them. Yes. yes. Then grow a pair and be a man. What are you doing? You let her? You let her dominate you out of doing what you know to be right? Well, because he knows that. I'm not talking to you. I talked to you, and we had our conversation, and we finally got to a point of some clarity. Now I'm asking you, what the hell are you willing to trade their lives to get her off your back? Absolutely not. Apparently I, you are. Well, I, I, I should have kicked them out. There's no doubt about it. I don't care you where they think? went. You think? Yes. Look at this. This is your home, Dad. You're going along with it. Just Somewhere in here, somebody's got to say, you know this is crazy. I'm not going to be part of the craziness. They've maxed out your credit card. I mean, I mean, you spent all the money you've got. They've stolen everything you own. They beat me down. Because me down. you are weak. Yes. You've got to be strong. You've got to be strong. Here, let me tell you something. There is nothing I can do. There's nothing I can put in these girls' lives to help them get clean and stay clean as long as I've got you two knotheads sabotaging everything I do. And, and let me say to you, let, let me say to you, I, I gotta be totally honest here. Listen, I'm a dad. It's easy for me to tell you to put your kids out on the street. Would it be easy for me to put my kids out on the street? Hell no. I get that. I'm a dad. But I, I also understand that if it comes down to our, do, I, do I want them to have a chance of surviving or not, here's the deal. If you continue to do what you're doing and not doing what you're not doing, if you continue to do what you're doing, yeah, I know. these girls are going to be dead. And then you're going to hear my voice echoing in your head. That big bald son of a bitch tried to tell me while they were still alive that I needed to stop giving them a soft place to fall. And I absolutely will not spend resources on these girls if I know you're going to come in behind me and sabotage it. Look at me. Can you do that? Yes. If you need to be the coldest, hardest bitch on the face of the earth, can you do that? Yes. Rich, can you do that? Dad to dad, tell me. You absolutely. will not let her... You, you will not let her take that from you. Absolutely. All right, That's next, after multiple failed attempts at sobriety, what will it take to finally give these three girls a chance to live? I have a plan, but trust me, it comes with a high price and an agreement that Valine, Amanda, and Tiffany just might not be able to accept. We're going to find out just how serious they are when we come back.
this show without you, our studio audience. If you are going to be in the Los Angeles area and you would like free tickets, go to drphil.com and click on Be in the Audience. Because we have a lot of fun here, don't we? Or you can call 323-461-PHIL. That's 323-461-7445. You need to look at me and hear what I'm saying. You can do this. Life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You can have years ahead of you with your daughter. She can be proud of her mother. You can be there when she graduates. You can be there when she gets married. That can happen. Do you realize you two are just getting started in life? You, that's the thing about human spirit. It's so resilient. You can turn this around. And here's what has to happen. I am willing to make rehab services and facilities available to all three of you under certain conditions. And the conditions are these. You're going to different places away from each other. No more trio because you're triggers. And it means you may not see each other again for years. Because if you're going to do this, you're going to have to go to rehab. And the folks I work with work to criteria. They don't say, 28 days, you're in, you're out, you're fixed. They work to criteria until it's done. And then when that's done, you go to sober living. And then you get a job. And then you start functioning as a human being. And through all of that, you will not see each other. In addition, this isn't court ordered, so you can walk away. And what I'm going to recommend to you two is that you do two things. I want you two to extract a written affidavit from these three girls where they confess to the crimes that they've committed. And they instruct to you that if they leave any program AMA that you are to send that to the prosecutor. Because if you're smart, you want them in rehab first, jail second, street last. So I'm telling you, you have to be willing to put your daughter in jail if that's what it comes to. If I make available to her a treatment program and she walks away, you cannot enable them. And you have to agree with these treatment facilities that if they leave AMA, they leave against medical advice, they cannot return home. They will never live in your house again for the rest of their lives. Now, I mean starting right now today, because if they take my offer, they don't go home, they don't pass go, they don't collect 200 bucks. They go from this stage 
to rehab. And they will never live in your house again. When you go home, clean it out, paint it, do whatever you want, new house, they ain't coming home. Yes. Ever. Ever. Are you prepared to make that commitment? Yes. Next, will these sisters accept my offer or will they choose drugs? Closed captioning provided by... Want to get something off your chest? Sign up for the DrPhil.com community and weigh in on your favorite episodes and share your personal stories with other community members. Plus, get started on your own blog to share your thoughts on the topics that interest you most. I'll be reading those message boards. Log on to DrPhil.com today. You've stolen from people. You've shoplifted. You've prostituted. You've done, don't shake your head. I mean, all three of you, between three of you, I've got all the list. Mm -hmm. Between the three of us, yeah. Yeah. And what I am <laughs> suggesting is that they extract this letter from you where you confess to those crimes and if you leave AMA, they send it to the prosecutor, they got a written confession, you go straight to jail. You willing to sign this letter? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's between you two, it's just a suggestion like I say, I'm not involved in the treatment. That's, that, that, that's up to the professionals. And I do have professionals here. With three sisters each needing individualized treatment, we had to pull out all the stops. Joining us is Ben Levinson. He's the founder and chairman of Origins Recovery Center, which is a leader in dual diagnosis treatment. Now, hear what I said, dual diagnosis treatment, because they deal not just with the addiction, but also with what's called comorbidity, the mental illness, the personality disorders, the problems that go along with those addictions. Uh, Velvet Mangan, the founder and CEO of Safe Harbor Treatment Centers for Women, which is a nationally recognized treatment program specifically designed for women. And she's also joining us. Velvet, thank you for being here. Uh, as well as Phil Allen, the CEO of Pat Moore Foundation, which provides individualized treatment that gives each individual the, really the best opportunity to achieve long-term sobriety because it's not a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all sort of thing. One sister per treatment center. Ben, uh, let me just ask you, what do you think of what I'm saying here in terms of playing hardball with these girls and these parents? I, I think it's masterful, and, and the reality is it's DEFCON 1. I mean, we're either going to have miraculous recovery or we're going to have some funerals. And it even could be yours. Um, I, I just, I think that separating them out, the way that you've designed it, Dr. Phil, gives us at least a fighting chance to save your lives. And that's what we have to go do, guys. That's what I call a plan. You good with this plan? Absolutely. You good with this plan? You all good with this plan? We will follow up and see what happens. Will one make it, two make it, three make it, none make it? We deal with reality. We'll see. I want to thank my guests today. A very special thanks to Ben Levinson, Origins Recovery Center, and Nurse Chelsea, who will be accompanying Valine to South Padre Island. A very special thank you to Velvet Mangan and Safe Harbor Treatment Centers for Women, as well as Phil Allen and the Pat Moore Foundation for helping both Amanda and Tiffany. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.
Thank you.